hear from God. And isn't that just something that we all long for? I think perhaps particularly at the moment. I mean, it's been in my prayers this week, you know, God guide us, guide me in this situation. And I'm sure for all of us, we long to hear God's voice. And I think perhaps for some of us, um, this may already form a key part of our Christian experience, but perhaps for others, we feel a bit baffled by the idea that God might speak into our lives. How do we know what he wants to say to us? How can we actually hear his voice? And how do we know whether what we think we are hearing is actually from God? Well, if some of those questions resonate with you today, hold them in your minds as we go through the next little while together. And let me pray for us as we begin. Lord, we come before you this morning longing to hear you speak to us from your word. Lord, would you open our ears to hear your voice and open our eyes to recognise you as the Good Shepherd. And would you speak words of guidance, words of hope, words of comfort, words of encouragement, words of challenge maybe also to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wonder whether you have ever been on a team-building day, perhaps in conjunction with your work or in some other capacity. I remember one such occasion when, as part of a group activity, we were put into pairs, and we had to complete an obstacle course blindfolded. So I was wearing the blindfold, and my colleague was the guide. And she had to direct me one step to the left, two steps forward, turn right, avoid the chair right in front of you, bend down, pick up the cuddly toy, and so on and so on. It would have been relatively straightforward if it were not for the fact that a number of other pairs were completing the same course on parallel tracks at the same time. So the key to success was to recognise my partner's voice and to listen only to her, tuning out the distractions from the other pairs shouting instructions at the same time, and also from the rest of the group who were observing, and I have to say giggling, on the sidelines. And of course I had to trust my partner to direct me clearly and accurately. I'm not going to name any names, it was somebody on the staff team, and I'll hold my hands up and say that neither of us were that good at telling our left from our right, and it was therefore a bit of a challenge. It's a trivial example, but it highlights an important first step in hearing from God. And if we are serious about hearing God's voice, then we need to tune out distractions and actually start listening. A few weeks ago, one of the first sermons in this series looked at the importance of being still before God when we come to pray. I'm not going to go over that ground again now. You can listen to it online if you'd like to. But I just want to flag up that it is important to set time aside in quiet and stillness with God if we hope to hear from him. This could be at a regular time each day, or perhaps for some of us, if we've got busy schedules, we might need to be flexible. But I just want to say, it's so much harder to hear God's voice if our brain is filled with a whole load of other stuff 
What sort of stuff do I mean? Well, probably different for all of us. I'll hold my hands up to being massively distracted by my phone. Pretty much any of the apps on there, even the ones that at other times are frankly really quite boring, they have the potential to grab my attention and turn into the most interesting thing in the world when I sit down to try and spend time with God. For others of us, it might be a to-do list or members of our family who need our attention or whatever it is. We might need to be creative. I found a massive sense of release when I read somewhere, I think it might have been in one of the early chapters of this great Pete Gregg book, that it was okay to pray in the bathroom. I don't know why, but I just never clocked that before. Or it's okay to pray in the car on the way back from the school run, or walking the dog, or whenever works for you. So that's the first step in hearing God's voice. We need to tune out distractions, and in whatever way works for us, find space to listen. The second step is learning to recognise his voice. And to explore what this looks like in practice, can I invite you into a day in the life of a sheep as we look at our verses from John 10. Up on the screen is going to be a picture of what the sheep pen described in John 10 might have looked like. It was a stone structure, large enough for several flocks of sheep, with a narrow open gate. And at the end of the day, after their sort of journeying around grazing in their flocks, the different flocks of sheep were brought back into the pen and there was a gatekeeper who kept watch throughout the night to protect the sheep. The next morning, the shepherd comes to collect his flock and the gatekeeper lets him in. John 10 verse 2 The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Just pause there for a moment. The shepherd calls the sheep by name. There is a personal relationship between them. And of course, this image speaks of how God relates to us as our loving shepherd who calls us by name. Catherine, Marion, Andy. It's a gentle, loving call. And as he speaks our name, so we begin to learn to recognise his voice. But let's continue. John 10, verse 3. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I've got another picture to show you, and I love this picture because it shows the shepherd leading the sheep from the front rather than driving them from behind, as we might see today. The sheep choose to follow. They're not forced to do so. They follow because they know his voice and they trust the shepherd. And they will follow only him. John 10 verse 5, They will never follow a stranger. 
In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. Jesus is the good shepherd. He tells us that in verse 11, and we see just how much he loves us in that he lays down his life for his sheep. He invites us into this relationship of trust to be part of his flock, recognising his voice and choosing to follow him. But how do we learn to recognise that voice and distinguish it from other voices that might call us in different directions? Well, the answer to that question is really simple in one sense and never ending in another. There is a simple one-word answer. It is in the Bible that we learn to recognise his voice. The Bible is the main way in which God speaks to us and the primary way we hear from him. But this is not a simple tick the box and move on sort of an answer. Rather, it is an invitation to a lifelong journey of discovery. As we become increasingly familiar with God's word in the Bible by reading it every day. And there are loads of different ways to do this. Some people use a Bible in a year program. You can get those on the app. There's a really good one that's come out from HTB. And I use the Lectio 365 app, which we've talked about before, and that's produced by 24-7 Prayer. And that gives us a short little passage from the Bible to reflect on each day with some prompts to help pray and help discern what God is saying through that passage. It's been really valuable this week. The the topic has been into the wild. And for me, that's just really connected with the situations we're facing at the moment. Into the wild feels like a pretty apt description. And it's helped me to see what God might be saying and how God might be leading us through that situation. So as we spend some time each day reading the Bible, so we will increasingly learn to discern and hear the voice of our shepherd. And sometimes we might find that God brings a particular verse alive to us in a fresh way or directs us to a verse that's relevant to a situation we're facing at that particular time. A few years ago, when I was about to begin on the official stages of exploring ordained ministry, I went on retreat to pray and prepare for this big decision I was about to make. And it was the first afternoon I was on retreat, and I can see now the armchair I was sitting in with a beautiful view of the lake. It was one of those sort of squishy, really comfortable armchairs. I'm I'm back there now. Um, I had planned just to sit and spend some time in silence with no particular agenda, just committing my time on retreat to God. Remember I said step one in hearing God's voice is learning to listen free from distractions. Well, I turned my phone off. And no sooner had I sat down than I heard God speak to me. What he said was this, turn to 2 Corinthians in your Bible. Now, I'll get to what I read there in a minute, but I just think I need to pause because for some people, me saying I heard God speak to me might be a bit like, whoa, hang on a minute, what did that look like? So let me just explain. I don't mean it was an audible voice. 
the best way I can describe it is like a really crystal clear thought inside my head that cuts through the clutter of other thoughts that were buzzing around in there. And it had just a sense of truth, clarity, persistence about it. And having heard God speak to me in similar ways before, I am learning to recognise the voice of the shepherd. And over time, I found there is a deep sense, it's almost inexplainable really, I find it hard to put it into words, but a deep sense of recognition and peace that comes with hearing and recognising God's voice, which is absent when something is not from God. So, I'm back in my armchair on retreat, and I turned to 2 Corinthians. I didn't have far to look before I found the verse that leapt off the page to me. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. That was something that really meant quite a lot to me. It might not mean very much to you, but it really connected with me. And over the remainder of the retreat, I spent time praying through those verses and found that they resonated deeply with my sense of calling into ministry. And having heard from God in that way gave me a deep sense of peace and assurance about the decision I was making. And the fact also that this has stayed with me, this is now about three years ago, this incident I'm telling you about, the fact that it stayed with me has given me a deeper sense that I truly heard from God. We can hear from God in other ways too, not just through the Bible, and we're going to come on to some of those in a moment. But it is the Bible that is the primary way of learning to recognise God's voice and the place we can go back to time and time again to test whether something that we think we might have heard God speak in another way is actually consistent with what he has already said in scripture. So far we've seen the first step in hearing from God is learning to tune out distractions and find space to listen. And the second step is learning to recognise his voice by becoming increasingly familiar with his words in the Bible. The third step in hearing from God is learning to listen together with others. And we see this as we return to John 10. John 10 verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Now, just to clear any banana skins out of the way, Jesus is speaking to a Jewish audience here, and the reference to other sheep from a different sheep pen simply points to the fact that this invitation is for the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, as well. There is one flock and one community. And this is important when it comes to hearing from God because it is, as part of a community, that we can most effectively hear his voice. One way in which this happens in practice is when we pray for one another, as we have the opportunity to do later in this service. I've had times when I have been praying for another person, 
And God has brought into my mind a word, an idea, or an image, which I felt he was asking me to share with the person I was praying for. It's amazing how often what God brought into my mind confirmed and fitted with something the other person was already thinking or feeling. Coincidence? Well, possibly. But as somebody very wise once said, it's amazing how many coincidences happen when you start to pray. And I know that when this has happened to me, either as the person being prayed for or the person doing the praying, it has really helped to confirm that I am hearing God's voice when a second person independently hears the same thing. And a second way in which we can hear God's voice in community is just simply through common sense and practical wisdom from one another. Pete Gregg is very wise and he says this in this book, I'm convinced that the main gift God wants to give some Christians is common sense. Love it. When we have a big decision to make or are seeking to hear from God in some area, it is no less spiritual to ask advice from other wise members of the Christian community than it is to spend time in prayer. And of course, anything we think we're hearing from God needs to be weighed against scripture. Whether it's something we believe God has revealed to us through advice from others, or supernaturally as a direct impression or thought. So, key question, how can we test whether what we think we're hearing is actually from God? Well, Pete Gregg gives us two questions to ask, and I think these are really helpful. First, is this like Jesus? So, if I act on this idea, would I be reflecting the character and purpose of Christ? And I know I sound a bit like a broken record, but this is where it's important to get to know the Bible, because that is where we go to to find the answer to this first question. Second question, what is the worst that could happen if I were to get this wrong? Now, this is just so helpful, because... For me, occasionally, I feel God is prompting me to go and see a friend or maybe drop somebody an email or a text or a phone call just to encourage them. But it can be hard to know for sure whether it's just an idea that I've had or actually a prompt from God. Clearly passes the first test. Encouraging a friend reflects the character of Christ. But it's the second question that gives me the courage to step out and go for it because, to be perfectly honest, what's the worst that could happen? Well, maybe my friend's out and I knock on the door and have a wasted journey, but it's not really the end of the world, is it? So in, that, in those sort of examples, it doesn't take very long to apply those two questions and decide I might as well go for it. And on many occasions, it's turned out to be a real blessing, both to me and to the other person. But just imagine for a moment you felt God was calling you to uproot your family and go and serve as a missionary overseas. No problem with the first question. It's clearly Christ-like to go and share the gospel. But the second question gives a bit more pause for thought. Because if you were to get that sort of decision wrong, there would be significant consequences, perhaps not only for yourself, but for your family. And don't hear me wrong, it still might be God's voice and God's call. 
But that second question calls us to take more time to reflect, pray, and seek advice from others before jumping straight into action. So hearing from God is something for us all, not just for vicars or special super spiritual Christians, but for everybody. We can begin by finding space free from distractions to listen. We learn to recognize the voice of our loving shepherd through the Bible, and we grow in listening together with others as part of a community. I just want to give two final thoughts as I finish. First, there may be times when we hear God speak something we don't want to hear. Perhaps if we are caught in sin and God speaks to call us to repentance or to direct us to apologise to somebody that we have hurt. Remember the two questions I asked, I suggested we use to test what we're hearing. Is it Christ-like? And what's the worst that could happen if I get it wrong? Don't be tempted to add a third question. Do I like what I'm hearing? Be prepared that God might speak words of challenge when needed, as well as words of comfort and encouragement at other times. And secondly, we need to act on what we hear. Can we have the second picture back up on the screen? The shepherd calls the sheep by name and they follow him because they recognise his voice. The shepherd is ahead of the sheep. He keeps pressing on, keeps calling the sheep to follow. If they stay with him, then great. They will keep hearing his voice and keep moving forward. If they don't stay with him, they might get stuck. They might fall out of step with the shepherd and they might no longer be close enough to him to hear his voice. Is there anything that God has spoken to you in the past that you haven't yet responded to? Could you take that first step of obedience today? Or do you long to hear his voice for the first time? Perhaps for you, the first step could be to commit to read the Bible every day to learn to recognise his voice, or to come and pray with somebody at the end of this service and take the opportunity to hear from God together with others. Speak, Lord, for your servants hear you. Grant us ears to hear, eyes to see, wills to obey and hearts to love. Amen.